I don't want you guys to think I sound like Luke Bryan all the time, right? It's okay. just, Wait, do your imitation of Luke because I heard you doing oh, it earlier. Hey imitation? guys, uh, you know that's that's Luke. That, he likes to suck his teeth. Do you know that? I do. He, hey Kelly, uh, you know that's my dude. I love you, Luke. Welcome back to Country Heat Weekly. I'm Amber Anderson, and we are so glad that you have joined us for episode four of our new podcast, which we want to be the destination for country music fans. Absolutely. I'm Kelly Sutton, and we are hanging out on Music Row in Nashville. We are chatting all about the fun things that are happening in our city, and there are a lot. There's so much going on. <laughs> and you're <laughs> right all of now. It. You're in all of it. <laughs> Listen. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up with you. Carly Pierce, 29. The tour stop. Last one was here, or not the last, but second to last yep. one was here in Nashville, and I know that you were at that. I was. I need all the scoop, girl. Tell me about it. It was absolutely incredible. I I had imagined that it was going to be just next level, Mm -hmm. but the CMA Theater is just a world-class venue that's here at the Country Music Hall of Fame. Right. And I've only been to one other show there, and this just, it was the perfect venue for her. Andrew Janakis opened for her, and he, I mean, he got a standing O. I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan as Mm -hmm. well. But Carly looked beautiful as always, and the crowd just, I mean, she actually did 29. She performed the album 29 from top to bottom. Oh, okay. So it was, and she said, you know, there's a reason that I put the track list together like this and telling my story and here it is. And so she just, I mean, it was absolutely unbelievable and I couldn't be more proud of of all that she's accomplished this year. And you said the crowd was pretty rowdy. They were into it. It was rowdy. They were shouting some stuff and one, at one point, a bachelorette party, which, of course, of course. Um, started shouting things at her and she just turned around and was like, I cannot understand what you're saying. You're scaring me. <laughs> cannot understand what you're saying. So it kind of became the joke through throughout the show. They kept shouting at her and she's like, I don't know what you're saying. So. Please stop scaring the talent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was, it was definitely a memorable night for sure. While you were in the CMA Theater... I was in another part of the Country Music Hall of Fame and Museum because it was the opening of the new exhibit for Bill Anderson, oh, Whispering, Whispering Bill, Bill, from the Opry. They had some people come in to help open it. Carly came over and sang for I us. I saw that on social media, and I said, oh. So she went down, mm-hmm. sang before her show, yeah, and then popped over and, and jumped on stage. Outfit change and everything. And then Carly came on with John Randall, and they did Whiskey Lullaby oh together because that was a song that Whispering Bill helped write. So in his tribute, they did that, and it was incredible. That might be my favorite country song of all time. To hear her sing it, Ugh. it's Beautiful, stunning, absolutely stunning. Stunning, I'm sure. Did you see and hear Carly Pierce up here? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to worry about the future of country music when there's people like her. So let's run down what we've got happening on the show today before we tell everyone what else is cooking in Music City this week. Okay, well, Jason Aldean is here waiting to come in in the wings. Technically, we kind of already talked to him a little bit because you guys started talking about your world championship Braves the minute you saw each other. (laughs) That's right. I was all excited about having gone to the parade in Atlanta, the championship parade, 
And I was like, yeah, I, I went to the parade. And he said, yeah, I went to the team's after party. <laughs> I was FaceTiming with Chipper Jones. So I was like, oh, well, okay. Nice name drop, <laughs> nice Jason. Nice little name drop, you know. <laughs> I was really happy to have gone to the parade, but I would have fine. loved to be FaceTiming with Schiffer Jones <laughs> as well. I love that he just has him on speed dial. Of course. No problem. I'm not shocked. It was nice to bond with him over our shared love of the Braves, though. We're going to talk to him about his new album, Duetting with Carrie Underwood, and we need to ask him who's still on his bucket list to collaborate with. Oh, I can't wait to hear his answer on that. I think that's going to be pretty cool. Plus, we are going to rediscover the music of Charlie Pride, everybody. Our Rediscover segment spotlights an artist who made a big impact on country music history, and Charlie Pride certainly fits that bill. Certainly does. And as always, we'll fire up the Heat Index, which is where we explore some of the hottest tunes on Amazon Music's marquee playlist, Country Heat. Right now, it's time to check out the headlines. Here's what's cooking in Nashville. Tis the season to announce tours for next year. Oh my goodness, the list is long, everybody. Keith Urban, Garth Brooks, Jimmy Allen, and Lauren Elena all announced tour dates. And Carrie Underwood also added six more shows to her Reflection, the Las Vegas residency at the brand new Resorts World Theater. That's right. Carrie kicked off her Vegas residency last week, and our friend Billy Dukes from Taste of Country was there to review it. Check out what he said. Carrie Underwood approaches her residency at the Resorts World theater in Las Vegas like a championship caliber football team (laughs) might approach the Super Bowl. The tools for greatness already existed before Wednesday night's debut. She wouldn't be there if they didn't. I mean, I am already looking at the March dates. I have one circled in particular, so I'm hoping that I get there. Speaking of football, y'all, Garth Brooks has added a second U.S. date to his 2022 stadium tour. He's going to be playing at LSU's Tiger Stadium April 30th. Tickets go on sale this Friday. And I know you're excited about this one, Kelly. Keith Urban announced his tour is coming to the U.S. next year. (laughs) I'm so happy. I was a little worried because at first he just had all of these dates in Europe. And I thought, oh, my gosh, do I have to fly to the U.K. to see him? Because I would. I know you would. Those flights are expensive, (laughs) though. They're not cheap. But you're in luck. He'll kick off the U.S. leg in Tampa, Florida next June. It's his first world tour in four years, and he announced it with a hilarious video filmed in his own backyard. Hey everyone, it's Keith here. Uh, we have been getting ready for the speed of now world tour, hitting the road. We don't have a stage to kind of prepare, but we do have the backyard. Okay, fun fact. The lawn guy in the video is actually Keith's guitar tech. His name is Chris Miller. (laughs) Apparently, Keith is putting him to work doing all the things right now. Sounds like it. (laughs) And can we talk about last week's guest, Jimmy Allen? Okay. I'm kind of upset he didn't drop this nugget of truth on us while he was here. What's up with that, Jimmy Allen? I know. You were holding out on us. I'm going (laughs) to send him a DM and ask him about it. I guess maybe it wasn't finalized, so he couldn't make the announcement while he was here, but it's out now. He's kicking off his down-home tour on February the 3rd. Well, I just saw him with Nelly, and I would gladly go see him again. I actually bought a Jimmy Allen (laughs) t-shirt. Okay, did he dance on stage? He actually did. (laughs) He did, and I actually thought about him telling us that he was going to bring in elements of the show. Yeah. He, He did. He killed it. He did such a wonderful job. He definitely seems a little bit more loose. He moves a lot more, you can probably tell. Okay. So... 
I mean, I think dancing is definitely influencing his stage show for sure. Oh, I love to hear it. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and ask for concert tickets for Christmas because there are so many people going out on tour, including Lauren Elena. She's doing a tour too. I saw that. Hers is a sitting pretty on top of the world tour, and it's her second headlining tour ever. I think we need to go to that one. I think so too. I've not seen her live, so I would love to do that. I have. She's amazing. We're going to road trip. Let's do it. Our girl, Maren Morris, apparently has some friends in high places. She got a private tour of the White House Sunday night. Maren was in D.C. to perform for the National Tree Lighting Ceremony. Made a little side trip over there to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I love seeing country music stars being represented at these big events. Maren performed Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, Brenda Lee's big hit. Uh, Trisha Yearwood was at the White House recently, too. She was actually there and did an episode of her TV show, Trisha's Southern Kitchen. Love that show. Country music fans in the White House, I like it. So scrolling through social media this week, you may have seen artists like Carrie Underwood, Lady A, Brett Eldridge, Carly Pierce, and Kane Brown wearing the same t-shirt. Okay, this is not an episode of Who Wore It Better. (laughs) No, it's a campaign for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Love music, stop cancer. Country artists and celebrities across the country are helping raise money and awareness for St. Jude and its mission to defeat childhood cancer. Now, if you want one of these t-shirts, you can get your own by pledging to be a St. Jude Partner in Hope. This is a part of the pod that we call the Heat Index, where Kelly and I gab about what we're loving on the Country Heat playlist this week. Okay, so last week we had Blake Shelton on the banner for the playlist. You could say that he was our cover boy, Uh if you will. Maybe Sexiest Man Alive? No, just cover boy. Just cover boy. We'll stick with that. (laughs) I hear listeners are loving Come Back as a Country Boy. Does that song give you deja vu? Yeah, it kind of does. What does it remind you of? I want to mash it up with God's Country. Hey, you know, we have people that can make that happen. We take a break and break bread on Sunday, then do it all again, because we're proud to be from God's country. So when I die, I want to come back as a country boy. No, there ain't no better life if you ask me. I can see why you said deja vu, because these songs sound a lot alike. They do, and they have... Similar songwriters, correct? Yeah. I mean, you've got Jordan Schmidt and Hardy on both songs. God's Country has Devin Dawson, and Come Back as a Country Boy has Josh Thompson as a third writer on there. Okay. But then they're produced by the same person, too. Yeah. Scott Hendricks. Same vibe. Same vibe, for sure. Well, everyone loved God's Country. There you go. So everyone's loving this one, too. Okay, so as long as we have the technology, I have a mashup I want to try, because I've heard this in my head already. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with Zach Brown's Same Boat and go straight into Chicken Fried. Oh, that would be good. Same boat, fishing in the same hole, where the same time goes, money too, and a little bit of chicken fried, cold beer on a Friday night. Zach's actually the only common denominator songwriter on those two. Okay. But we know he said they wanted to go back to the early Zach Brown band sound. So clearly they've succeeded. I like them both. Me too. Okay, Amber, it is time to play our game that we play each and every week. It's called, who said that? I'm gonna read this quote from one of the artists on the Country Heat playlist. Okay, hit me. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. We have a term in the band. It's called leaf blower. 
And that's when we play everything hard and loud and fast. And typically, crowds don't like that. Oh, (laughs) who said that? Keep listening, and we'll tell you right here on Country Heat Weekly. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Okay, it's time to tell you who said that. Who describes their band as leaf blowers? We have a term in the band, and it's called leaf blower. And that's when we're just so excited that we just go, and we play everything hard and loud and fast. And typically, crowds don't like that. Matt Ramsey. (laughs) This is from an interview I did with Matt last year. He told me that Old Dominion as a band was going to be so excited to get back on stage after being in quarantine for so long that they knew they were going straight leaf blower. (laughs) They were going to have to reel it back a little bit. How did he come up with that? I don't know, but I love it so much. Jason Aldean is a three-time ACM Entertainer of the Year, as well as a recipient of the ACM Artist of the Decade for the 2010s. He has had 24 number ones since his first one in 2005, including his most recent single, a duet with Carrie Underwood called If I Didn't Love You, which is nominated for a Grammy Award. His 10th studio album is a double album named after his hometown, Macon, Georgia. We're going to dig into it during today's episode. Jason Aldean, welcome to Country Heat Weekly. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. First one is named Macon. Yeah. Second one, Georgia. I see what you did there. That was brilliant. So smart. Growing up near and around Macon, I want to hear more about that influence on you. Like, what were you listening to? What was happening in the house? What were the sounds that you were absorbing when you were a kid? Well, so for me, my dad was a huge music fan. Both both my parents, but my dad really was, you know, the the music guy. He, uh, you know, played guitar a little bit, was a pretty good singer back in the day, and and just always had music going on in the house, right? So it was, you know, one day you might hear Hank Jr., the next day it might be the Eagles. He was a big fan of guys like Johnny Rodriguez, and, you know, so I grew up uh, listening to a lot of country music, but then it was also like the Allman Brothers, Leonard Skinner, and mm-hmm. all those kind of things, and then just growing up in Macon, if you just turned on the radio, you know, they used to play the Allman Brothers on country radio there all the time. So I thought that was like kind of country music. As a kid, you know, it was almost like, well, you're playing on country radio. I guess that's a country song. All right. And uh, so it was that, you know, but Otis Redding's from my hometown, Little Richard's from my hometown. Just a lot of different 
sounds that came out of there, you know, that you always heard on the radio. And, you know, so to me, it was a little bit of everything. I grew up on country and then obviously you had the Southern rock, rock and roll and R&B and blues, all that stuff. And, and it was just like, you know, we had a Cherry Blossom Street Party, the big festival in my hometown and on on every street they got a different stage for like a different radio station so on this stage it might be you know R&B on this stage it might be blues then you got country over here and you know you might have some rock band Black Crows or somebody playing over here I mean so it was to me I don't know it was just always like this melting pot of just all this different kind of stuff that, that I grew up listening to that I always thought was I'm like I was always the guy that like if that song was cool I liked it I didn't really care what you labeled it as, you know, and mm. country just happened to be the thing that was always around the most and what I kind of gravitated towards. But I love the way R&B singers would sing or blues singers would sing. You know, I love the stories of country music and I loved the instrumentation and aggressiveness of like rock and roll. So it was just kind of a combination of all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if you had to pick one song from the project that you would say best captures Macon, your hometown, what would that song be? Uh, off the new project? Yes. I would say uh, we got a song that's, that's on the first part called Small Town Small that's to me is, is would probably sum it up. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, it's, it's basically like just saying like, you know, they're not they don't make any more real estate, you know, so that what you have, it's just sort of protecting the small town values of, of how a lot of us were raised. And and to me, you know, that's a song that really reminds me of, of Georgia making in particular where I'm from and kind of how we all, you know, think there and thought as I was growing up. I mean, my, my aunt and uncle have a place, a big farm they've had for years. And I mean, they don't print enough money for them to sell that place. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's kind of the mentality there. And, and, uh, I don't know. So that's the one I kind of point to that that really I would I would circle and say it reminds me the most of, of home. So much real estate tell the bank I'm gonna take it to the grave. Let's keep the raptor keep the little white church So obviously the whole project is done. We've got track listings for the second part. But what happens if you come across a really great song over Christmas break? <laughs> we put a hold on it. We put it in the pile for the next record. We we literally, I mean, as soon as we stop working on one record, you know, like as soon as this album comes out, we shift focus. Like to us, it's out. That's done. Let's move on to the next one. Start preparing for the next one. Michael Knox, who's my producer, longtime producer. I mean, he and I work really well together and, and you know, he and I are kind of the song guys. So it's like, we just start looking for songs, and if I find something, I'll send to him, and vice versa, and we just kind of start stockpiling. And uh, when we think we got, you know, enough songs to go in and do a couple sessions, we'll we'll go in and, and knock it out and kind of start getting ready for the next record. If I didn't love you, I'd be good by now. All right, let's talk about this duet you got with Carrie Underwood. All right. You've never been afraid to have a powerhouse vocalist at your side, Kelly Clarkson. I know. I really set myself up for failure with this stuff, I'm telling you. No, you don't. You guys sound amazing together. Did you, what was it like the first time that you heard a cut of it or that you heard what it sounded like? Because did you know that your voices were going to sound that great together? You really do sound fantastic. Yeah, well, thank you. And no, I didn't. You know, she was somebody that I wanted to work with. I've always thought she was a phenomenal singer and and uh always wanted to do something with her it's just you know when you're when you're chasing that a lot of times it doesn't really happen so uh sometimes you just have to wait for the song to appear and then you go that's who I want to you know that's who I want to sing the song with so and that's kind of how this happened and 
I cut my vocal on it, sent it to her. And uh, I guess she practiced it or wanted to work on it. And so the first time I heard her, we went in the studio to cut her vocal. And so I'm sitting at the at the desk, and, and she goes to sing. She warms up a couple times, and then we start to take one. And the first time she really cut loose, I'm like, I looked over at, at Knox, and I'm like, man, we just captured lightning in a bottle. Like, I ain't even heard her sing the whole song, but it was like you could just tell like it was going to be something really, really special. And and uh, and uh, to finally work with her and, and for it to be a, a big number one. Wouldn't still cry sometimes. Wouldn't have to fake a smile. Play it off and tell a lie. Do you have a wish list of? Powerhouses. Who's next? Adele. Man, I, don't, I love Adele. That's she's she's amazing too. Uh, you know who I'd love to work with is Post Malone. I think Post yeah. is cool. I love what he does. I think he's he's really unique and different. I think he's got a little country in there that'd be fun mm-hmm. to kind of pull out of him. And and uh, I don't know, man. I just I, I love his vibe. I think he's cool and, and creative. And I would love to do something with him at some point. You heard it here first. Okay, Post, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. hit us up. We will make sure that you guys get connected. It can all happen. Listen, yeah. making Georgia double album, all the good things coming your way. It's good to see you. Thanks good for to see in. you, too. Thank good. you guys for having me. This place is, is awesome, by the way. Thanks so much yeah. for being here. Well, I do have a cold. I just want to let you guys know I do have a cold. That's why I sound. I don't want you, to, I don't want you guys to think I sound like Luke Bryan all the time. I'm both happy and sad to be doing this edition of Rediscover on Country Heat Weekly. I'm happy that we can use our platform to share more about Charlie Pride and the impact he had on country music. No doubt. But why are you sad? Because this week marks the one-year anniversary we lost Charlie to complications from COVID-19. But one of the things that we can celebrate is that Charlie knew his worth. He was heralded and honored while he was living, including his inductions into both the Grand Ole Opry and the Country Music Hall of Fame. And then there was that great moment at the 2020 CMA Awards where Charlie performed with Jimmy Allen and then was given the CMA Lifetime Achievement Award. And the answer is in this song that I always sing. You've got to kiss an angel good morning. And of course, when we say Charlie Pride, we instantly think of his signature song, Kiss an Angel Good Morning. But today, we're going to rediscover some of his other big hits. He had 29 number one songs. Charlie Pride was born and raised in Mississippi, but cut his teeth performing in the honky-tonks of Montana while he was working as a smelter for the mines. A what? A smelter. (laughs) Don't worry, I had to look it up too. But basically, it's the process of extracting metal. But anyway, he was doing that and playing baseball for the Negro Leagues and playing music. And someone convinced him to move to Nashville to give country music a try. Now, when I interviewed him several years ago, he told me that he only really ever wanted to be a baseball player. So it definitely took some coaxing to get him to do music. It was Chet Atkins who signed Charlie to RCA Records. But his first singles were sent to radio without any promotional pictures. Yes, and unfortunately, that's because they didn't want anyone to know he was Black. Mm. But you know what? The music was undeniable. And in 1969, his 10th single became the first of 29 number one hits. Cause all I have to offer you is me. 
1971 album, Charlie Pride Sings Heart Songs, won the Grammy for Best Male Country Vocal Performance. That's the album that contained Kiss an Angel Good Morning. Charlie's early hits included Is Anyone Going to San Antonio and I'm Just Me. Is anybody going to San Arizona. Charlie loved to sing about his home state. Remember Roll On Mississippi? And the autobiographical song, Mississippi Cotton Pickin' Delta Town. In a Mississippi Cotton Pickin' Delta Town, one dusty street. We have to do a shout out to one I just discovered called Burgers and Fries. It's so nostalgic. So <laughs> it makes me happy. Burgers and fries, cheers, pies, it was simple and good back then a good feel-good song, but he was the first ever Black member of the Grand Ole Opry, the first Black entertainer of the year, and the first Black artist to co-host the CMA Awards, which he did in 1975 with Glenn Campbell. Sadly, I don't think another Black artist joined the Opry or hosted the CMA Awards until Darius Rucker came along. You are correct. And Darius has been very public about crediting Charlie for paving the way for his entry into country music. And finally, we're seeing those doors open wider for artists, including Breland and Mickey Guyton and Britney Spencer. I want to put into words just how much I feel about Charlie Pride, just the barriers he was able to break. I mean, the songs that he put out, the way that it reached so many people at a time where people probably didn't expect that from from him just being a black man in country music. Uh, but he, he he slayed it. He really did. I wish I had gotten a chance to meet him. Uh, when I think about just where I am right now, I know that I'm standing on the shoulders of so many incredible artists, mainly Charlie Pride. And so I'm just, I'm grateful for all of the recognition that he's gotten throughout his career, but also just in the last few years, I'm just, I'm grateful for the, the organizations and entities that have really stepped out to do it big and honor him because he deserves that. I think this influx of Black country artists and Black roots music artists that we're seeing right now in great part, is because of the barriers he was able to break. You know, there is no us without our heroes, without our legends, the ones who paved the way for us. Jimmy Allen, of course, shouted out Charlie in his CMA win this year. Jimmy got to record a song with Charlie and Darius for his album, Betty James. Five years ago, I spent my last $100 and came to the CMA 50th to watch Charlie Pride perform on stage. So everyone's homework assignment is to go listen to Why Things Happen. And take the time to rediscover the music of a country legend and pioneer, Charlie Pride. Okay, so before we go, just a reminder, use the hashtag Country Heat Weekly whenever you post about the show. And please do post. Let us know where you're listening from. And of course, we'd love for you to rate and review the podcast. That helps other people find it. Five stars. Five stars, please. Yes. <laughs> so shout out to Jen and Belinda who hit us up on Instagram. And did you see the note that we caught from Tim? He posted that his nephews play in Jimmy's band. And he said, Jimmy is a really nice guy. I love that. Me too. Love that. Keep it coming, guys. Find Kelly on Instagram at the Kelly Sutton. And I'm, hey, it's Amber A. This week's burning question is a little bit nosy, but that's our job. 
We ask the tough questions. Absolutely. So since we know you want to know, we asked some of our friends how they're spending Christmas in 2021. Yeah, we'll start with Jason Aldean and then pose the question to new mom, Gabby Barrett, Jordan Davis, and Lee Rice. Christmas Eve, we go to my mom's house and she bakes and cooks with the kids. We do presents and stuff over there. And then Christmas morning we do at our house and everybody comes over to our house. And then Christmas night, we go to my dad's, he cooks out. And like, so it's, it's literally a two whole day event for us at Christmas. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's our favorite time of year. We have to do a lot of family traveling yeah. to go see the grandparents and all that good stuff. So we'll be doing a lot of traveling and Santa's going to stop by for the little one. And it'll just be really fun and exciting to see her kind of experience her first holidays. So we're going back to Louisiana for Christmas this year. Uh, so we're going to spend some time with my family and you know, Eloise is my daughter's at an age where, like, she can kind of see what's going on, you know. She at least is good at, like, tearing the present, tearing the wrapping paper off the presents and stuff. So, but she, it's, it's going to be fun just to see her kind of enjoy it. It's going to be laid back hunting and, and duck hunting and deer hunting and and dove hunting and, you know, everything we can do. You know, it's just going to be fun to be out there with the boys. They're going to be riding dirt bikes and it's just uh, some good times together. Country Heat Weekly is a collaborative production between Amazon Music and Nevermind Media. Executive producer, Melissa Locker. Senior producer, Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Tim Einenkel. Production assistance from Annie Reuter and Debbie Daughtry. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. Additional music from Madeline McCormick. The Amazon Music team includes Nathan Brackett, Emily Cohen, Chris Graham, Cam Farrelly, Michelle Kammerer, Eliza Mills, Morgan Jones, and Raymond Roker. Development consultant, Michelle Dix. Additional production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Abby, and all the other very good dogs out there. Be sure to follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you get the latest episodes as soon as they drop. That's a wrap, guys. All right. (laughs) I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. Is winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The Goat, premiering on Freebie and Prime Video on May 9th. 